Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to episode 320 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, because yes, indeed, this show is uploaded as a podcast the night of, or day after, depending on how things go. Tonight, talking a little bit about a film I just got to see the other day. I put my review up on the channel earlier today, that being Last Night in Soho. And let's just say it definitely lived up to much of the hype that I had for it. It was one of my most anticipated films of last year. And I was unable to get, I was able to go see it in theaters because of limited showtimes. Finally was able to pick it up on uh, 4K as it just got released, and after many recommendations from fellow members of Asgard, watched it, loved it, and uh, can't wait to talk about it uh, a little bit with you guys. Uh, so we'll do that tonight. Also, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a promo for the Wednesday Raven Awards as we still have a uh, about seven days, roughly seven days to put your nominations in for the best and worst of the films of 2021. So if you have not yet, if you have not yet put in your nominations for the Wednesday Raven Awards, your time is slowly running out. And don't forget, if there are very limited options, it means that there are very limited numbers of nominees in certain categories, and it means that I have to, at times do a little finagling to make sure that we have some nominees available. So if you want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem, please go ahead and fill out your ballot today. We'll go ahead and go through the ballot just a little bit, just so that way you have yourself the ability to know what kind of categories are there and to start thinking about things as again, we're down to the last six or seven days or so before going any further though into this video, please make sure that you smash that like button, light up that fire button. If you're watching over on Odyssey and thank you all for joining this evening. Speaking of the Odyssey fan, we got nine people watching over there already. Vincent Womack has the first chat saying greetings and salutations. Greetings to you. Good, sir. Thank you for joining over on Odyssey. And uh, yeah, if you have any comments or questions on Odyssey, DLive, YouTube, Twitter, wherever it might be, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin at the very beginning lets me know you're trying to get my attention and I will highlight your comment or question and be happy to uh, talk about it tonight. We got Tina B, Empress of the Universe. She is back. She is back and better than ever. Hopefully, her eyes are doing much better. Thank you very much, Tina, for joining tonight. Store to Poop is Cuber. Says, hello, humans and other quitters. What's going on? Thank you for being here. We got Laura, the modern major general of the channel. She's also uh, the woman of a million different names. I feel like it's changing every single week. At least that's how it seems. Laura, thank you for joining once again. Welcome back. Appreciate you being here. Bifford to Hobbit in the chat. What's going on? Matthew Highland in the chat as well. Tina B, 
says, A favor! Can we avoid spoilers for last night in Soho since many people haven't seen it yet? I know Stephanie B. hasn't and won't until she gets hers. Uh, I will do the very best that I can to avoid them. That being said, the film has been out for for a long time at this point, so I, I cannot guarantee that spoilers will not be posted in the chat, though. I do ask if there is anyone who has seen the film that you do be respectful of those that have not seen it. Uh, Again, I had no plans necessarily to go into a deep dive of any spoilers for the film. Uh, but again, if, if they happen to come up, there's there's not much that I can do to stop it. I, I'm not going to put a hard stop on it, so I'm not going to ask any uh, any of the mods to, to time out or ban people. I would just simply ask, out of the goodness of the hearts of the Asgardians who maybe have seen this film, uh, to try and keep the conversation uh, spoiler, uh, to try and keep the conversation spoiler free. Uh, and uh, yeah, because again, this this has now been on sale for at least a couple of weeks, and it's it's readily available for people to buy. So if people really cared to know about this movie and cared to know about this story, they've had the ability. Whoop! They've had the ability to get it at this point. So anyway. Beautiful, beautiful 4K steelbook, or not 4K steelbook, 4K right here. Very, very interesting story, so can't wait to dive into that just a little bit. We got GMonkey76, hail to you. We got Laura in the chat still. Let us see who else is here. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you. We got a Minnesota hockey fan who's a member. What's going on, good sir? Hello, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Been under the weather for the last five days. Feeling better. Glad to hear that you are feeling better. Never for anyone to be under the weather. That is for sure. So very glad to have you back. Master of Gaming is in the chat. Sorry, clicked the wrong button there, but welcome back to the Master of Gaming, checking his cookie count. Let's see, Fear of FEMA. Hello to you. Hello to you. Thank you very much for being in the chat, good sir. Um, let us see. We got Star Power over on DLive. What's going on, DLive fam? Thank you very much for being here. Master of Gaming coming in. One of what I will sure be many questions as he really found his stride last stream, uh, finding tons of questions to ask. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and of course, this is one that I will not be able to really give a whole lot of time to because... I don't have a list of his films in front of me, and I don't want to fall too far behind in the chat. He says, what's your ranking of Edgar Wright's movies? Uh, again, I don't have a list in front of me. All I can say is, of the more recent era of his, I think that uh, Last Night in Soho is definitely up there. I think I might still prefer Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver is the more rewatchable of the two. Um, I think they're both great films. They're both great films for for very different reasons. But if I had to, on a general day, pick a film to watch, there's just so much fun that is had and can be had with Baby Driver. So that's probably where I would put in the, in the more recent era of his films. But I can't go through and, and pull up his, his modern filmography. All right, G-Man says, do you like Deep Dish? What's the pizza scene like by you? So Chattanooga is not really known very much for Deep Dish. And, and personally, I'm not really I'm not really much into the Deep Dish myself. It's a little too much going on there. I, I like myself some Thin Crust. Thin Crust is is a pretty is pretty good is pretty good it's it's very you know obviously crispy and delicious uh, but i also tip you know my my standard my go to is always going to be hand tossed it's just the right amount of bread just the right amount of cheese usually i ask for light on cheese light on sauce 
I'm much more of a bread guy, and I'm also much more of a toppings guy. Of course, my go-to is that pepperoni. I got to have the pepperoni. Um, and so I, I try and get light on pretty much everything else. Uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of my go-to there. Rosie G12, hail to you, Rosie. Thank you for being in the chat. Bruce comes in to say, like the green background, but the green reckoning off your head is a bit much. Well, there's not really a whole lot that can be done about that since the, the green is coming from the, the overhead lights. So no matter what I do with it, it's it's not going to be able to take take that away. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. All right, let us see. Uh, Master of Gaming tagged said, Thomas and McKenzie is a great actress. Yes, she absolutely is. And I mentioned this in my review. Uh, so again, Thomason McKenzie, uh, she is the uh, the one up here. So that's Thomason McKenzie up here. She's the lead of the film, no doubt about it. Of course, Anya Taylor-Joy also in this film. Uh, she's great, yeah. Both both Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Thomason uh, McKenzie are great. Thomason McKenzie, I mentioned this in my, in my review, is has been really talented for, for a very long time. If you've never seen leave no trace, her and Ben Foster living in a park, like living uh, off the grid as it were, it's a really great film. She gives a great nuanced performance as, as a young child who loves her father, who loves the way that they live, but also recognizes that she is different than many of the other kids her age and having to deal with those differences and, and having to deal with things where she wants to kind of be kind of in both worlds in a certain way. And I thought that there's a lot of really great performances from that in, in the film Leave No Trace. If you've never seen Leave No Trace, I would say it's it's probably one of the most underrated films to come out in the last uh, 10, uh, 10 to 15 years. Uh, most people have probably not ever even heard of that film, uh, but I highly, highly recommend it. But yeah, Thomas and McKenzie, excellent, excellent work in this film. I mean, just the eyes alone, and I'm sure there are, you've seen, if you have seen any pictures from the film, you just automatically are just engrossed by the performance by Thomas and McKenzie because of how well she's able just to work her eyes. It's amazing how an expression, it's amazing how isolation of, of certain muscles, right? Isolation of certain parts of the body can convey so much emotion. And for her, it is absolutely the ability for her to convey so many different emotions with her eyes. Uh, she does a really good, she, she does a really great job uh, in that and many other films that she's done. Beaver the Hobbit says, last year Mulan won the Raven Award for Best and Worst Movie Remake. Yes, it did. It was one of those weird choices, right? It was one of those weird uh, years where we had the best remake and we had the worst remake. Uh, for those that are confused by those categories, basically all remakes are pointless, but there are some remakes that end up being pretty good. There are other remakes that end up being pretty bad. And that is, again, an example. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Biffer. That right there, the reasoning behind that and how that came to be is because, one, people didn't participate in the nomination process, firstly. Secondly, when the actual ballots went forward, people didn't answer and put a response for all of the different categories. And one of the biggest complaints that we've had over the last several years is people have said, well, I don't want to answer for a category that I can't answer because I haven't seen the films for. It's like, well, at the end of the day, it is a film award show. It is a boycott of the Oscars. And if you're going to vote, 
to me, just like with what I used to do with the Oscars, if you're going to vote, I feel like you should watch all of the films that, that get nominated. And, and you have a pretty good selection of films that get nominated for the Raven Awards every single year. Obviously, some better than others because there's obviously a worst category as well. Um, and so all I would say is, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch all the films in a category before I vote. And I know that not all the films that come out in a given year are going to be for everyone. But at the same time, why, you know, why vote, push for, etc. if you're not even going to watch movies? You know, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of hard to say. Um, and if you want to know what came out in 2021, because again, these are films that came out in 2021 that are being voted on. There is a link to uh, the Wikipedia article that brings you to the list of American films that came out in 2021. So that way you can at least go through it and say, ah, this came out, this came out, etc. But I would say a very good place to start before filling out your ballot is, okay, what films did I see this year? Uh, Letterbox is a pretty good way of, of keeping track of that stuff. There's tons of other stuff too. Good old uh, pen and paper, as it were. You know, good old pen or paper. And just mark down, all right, these are the films I watched. These are the films I liked. These are the films I didn't like. And be able to determine from there. Because eventually I feel, and, you know, obviously I'm just kind of speaking out off the top of my head, as much as I love allowing uh you guys right allowing the asgardian community to have a lot of control over the nominations and and over the winners i i do feel that i might need to in the future not not this year if anything it would start next year i might need to unfortunately turn it into and again it comes across as, as so elitist and i hate that but i do feel like if anyone's going to vote in a category i feel like they should at the very least uh, you know, non-binding legal, right? Non-binding legal contract. They should at least confirm, I confirm by answering this or by filling this out that I have seen, you know, all the films that, that have been nominated, etc. Because then, even though the number of people nominating or rather the number of people, in that case, the number of people choosing winners is less, at the very least, I feel it would bring a, a higher level of credibility because the people voting are going to be the people who actually saw it. You know, because this is something that's been a trend over the last several years is that there's been films that have won where a lot of people haven't even watched the actual film, haven't even watched the actual film that ended up winning, but they voted for it because it was the one that got the most positive reaction from the community. And so, I don't know. I, I feel like there definitely are some tweaks, just like with anything, right? I definitely think there are some tweaks that uh, need to happen. I think it'd be really cool uh, down the line to be able to have like a trusted group of film reviewers. So people like Josiah Rises, I think, would be a, a great shout there. I think someone like uh, Culture Casino would be a great shout there. Obviously, you have the likes of um, uh, of Critical Drinker, etc. Like the higher ups, as it were. Mahler, of course, being a good one. But I think it'd be really cool to be like, hey, you the people, you you provide the nominations and then, you know, we, the unofficial film critics of the <laughs> of, of the fellowship, 
are then the ones that actually have to go through the process of watching given films or watching given shows, right? Because obviously we can do a film version of it as well, you know, for for boycotting of the Emmys, you know, basically moving into this parallel economy in a lot of ways. I think that that could be a really cool direction that it it could go into, while at the same time not uh, wanting to to leave anybody out uh, who does actually watch a lot of the films and, and can, for instance, you know, uh, I'm going to give her a shout out right now. I know that Laura, the modern major general of, of, of the channel, I know that she is very much a movie buff uh, like I am. And, and by that, I mean that she goes out to see even stuff that I don't see. She even goes out to see stuff that looks bad, at least for me, but she's willing to go out and give it a shot and, you know, go out to actually, uh, you know, give it a chance and and to give her feedback on it. And uh, I always appreciate that. So, like, she's the kind of person where it'd be like, hey, you know, even though she doesn't have a YouTube channel, I'd be like, hey, I think that you're someone that I would say could, uh, you know, merit the ability to to choose a winner. And again, that's something I think would be a good idea in the future. Let me know your thoughts. Do you think that that is something uh, that you would like in in the future or, or not? And again, I'm, I'm not trying to, to make things more difficult, but I, I do really uh, want people to be able to, uh, you know, vote who have actually seen it. And, uh, you know. So I think this year, the one thing I might do is instead of making every single category required, and one of the reasons why I actually did that was more practical than anything else. Uh, Some people complain about, you know, why is every category required is because sometimes people hit submit and then they realize that they put the wrong thing in or they made a mistake or it was incomplete and they can't go back and change it. So that's something that I will have to play around with just a little bit. But again, this is basically me. For those that don't know, I have ADD. This should be a great example of it because I'm literally just you know, spouting off ideas, right? Spouting off ideas off the top of my head uh, as far as ways in which we can improve it. And I think that there's definitely ways for us to improve it down, down the road. Joey Horn, what's going on? Good, sir. He's a member on the channel. Thank you very much for being here. Star power. I'm not going to highlight that comment, but I appreciate it nonetheless. Thank you for saying that you were joking. <laughs> Let's just say it had something to do with Frosk and it had something to do with what uh, Chrissy Mayer was was asking of all of the men on the panel, of all of rather the panelists on Friday Night Tights uh, in relationship to Frost. By the way, I don't know if y'all saw, but apparently she is trying to get attention by saying, yeah, there's a bunch of people out there talking a big game. You know, you reach out to my manager and we'll, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm sorry. Like if she, you know, if Friday Night Sites reached out to her to say, hey, come on the panel, come into the lion's den. Something tells me either she would just not come out of just complete, you know, fakery and and fear or she would have some random conditions like she'd have like a posse next to her to like step in for her right white knight for her and everything it'd be ridiculous that would at least be my my own personal guess let's see bruce says yes i meant to say reflecting autocorrect did me and ah yes yes i don't know i guess it's better than what it used to be you know it used to be kind of just that bland kind of you know orange warm tone so i guess the green uh highlight off off the dome is is a little bit better than that right i guess we could at least do that awesome one what's going on man jacob ironside also in the chat let's see master of gaming says here it's a shame that last night in soho bombed and you wonder why hollywood doesn't make original movies it's a great it's a very very solid point for sure 
Yeah, it's a very solid point for sure, and it's really sad. You know, there are original filmmakers in Hollywood. There are very talented original filmmakers in Hollywood, and I think Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright is a, a great example uh, of that. I mean, it's it's a, as I said, it's a powerful film. It's not a film for everyone. You know, this is a film that made $22.9 million at the box office compared to its... Uh, Budget, it doesn't look like it has, um, it didn't have a budget on. I was going to try and do it the quick way over on the numbers because the numbers has a really cool metric of being able to basically check and see if a film has made money or not uh, by saying it's made 2.x or 0.x times the amount of the budget itself. But yeah, it's sad. It, it really is sad because there are so many great films like Last Night in Soho that just can't quite uh, get attention uh, for a wide variety of reasons. And this is something that was even an issue before the pandemic. Uh, new to number two. What's going on, man? A little late, but here. Well, thank you for being here. Book of Soul Assassin is here. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington is here. Orange Chat Reviews, hail to you. Good sir, thank you for being there. I see you, Star Power. I see you. He is the only one in the DLive chat, so sorry if it takes me a while to get to you, but I've got YouTube chats that I'm sifting through. There's also the possibility to add in for the uh, Twitter chat, and I will be checking over with my Odyssey fam. Odyssey fam, y'all, y'all hang tight. Odyssey fam, y'all hang tight. All right. Let's see. All right. Tina's going to dare me here. She says, I bet Odin has never heard of Edgar Wright's Sparks Brothers documentary that came out in 2021 and was another movie nobody saw. Just watched it. We'll review it on The Chosen. Very nice. Well, I mean, you kind of lost me at documentary. You know that I'm not against documentaries. They're They're just not my forte. Don Incognito, welcome to the chat. Uh, Laura says, Yas Team Thin Crust. Very nice. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington, hi, brother. Edgar delivers a mixed bag of a film. Soho hated Baby Driver. Try Taxi by Luke Besson. It makes Driver look weak. Uh, yeah, and Luke Besson, I feel like, is one of those filmmakers that is definitely hit or miss as well. I, yeah, I, I, I totally disagree with your take on Baby Driver, to me, the soundtrack was phenomenal. Uh, I thought that the acting was pretty solid in it as well. The, the story was fun. And as I said, it's it's rewatchable. So that's a film that I can go back and, and rewatch. It, it basically comes down to this. Baby Driver, to me, is the more rewatchable of the two between that and Last Night in Soho. I think Last Night in Soho is, the, is, is by far the um, superior film just from the craft of filmmaking itself. That, that would be my, my thoughts on the subject. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, hail to you, good sir. Monkey 76 what's going on? Brightburn, 1985, what's going on? Brightburn says here, I am sort of looking forward to the Illumination Entertainment animated Mario Brothers film because it can't get any worse than the 93 live-action Mario film. The bar is considerably low. And I actually would say, I would say nay-nay to that. Because as bad as the 93 live-action Mario Brothers film is, it is freaking hysterical. It is so bad, it's funny. At least that's my own perspective. It's so bad, it's funny. Plus, you've got some actors in there giving crazy over-the-top performances. So I I have fun with that film just because of 
purely how how bad it is. It's it's hilarious just how bad they were able to get that movie. It's just how did they even greenlight it? How did it even get through the editing bay? How did it even get a release in theaters? All of those things are just so worth the time to think about. Uh, Jacob Ironside, hand toss is the way to go for me too. Yeah, seriously, hand toss, classic style. Uh, again, I'm I'm a Domino's guy myself because they got that garlic crust so good. James Hurley, what's going on? Yes, I agree. Matt Smith, great job in Last Night in Soho. Uh, he plays a great villainous character, no doubt about it. All right, let's see. Laura says, I just started watching Euphoria with Zendaya because I had heard so much about it. Wow, it is interesting but sad. Way too much full frontal <laughs> for me. Yeah, uh, it definitely would be probably way too much for me as well. Yeah, I've, I've heard some things about it too. It's definitely not on my my list of things that that I want to see right away. I feel like there's other films, other other shows that I'd like to give a chance to. In fact, one just came in today. Uh, so, you know, I, this film has come up so many times. I want to say it's come up like several Friday Night Tights in a row, and I've definitely heard it mentioned a lot, and that's the film Idiocracy. I've actually never seen this film before, and I'm so bummed it's only available on DVD. Like, again, it just, it it, it hurt me when I when I was buying this, because I was like, ugh, I don't want to buy it. I don't like the DVDs. But I, I have that, and I'm going to be uploading that to my server. Uh, hopefully, either this evening or before tomorrow so hopefully i'll be able to watch that before the next friday night site so maybe i can understand some of the references jacob ironside hands off the way to go just not with pineapple pineapple is evil pineapple is anathema if you want pineapple on pizza if you are a part of the pineapple on pizza crew there is only one thing i have to say to you no choice but to declare you excommunicado you leave me no choice. You leave me no choice. There, there, there's just no other way around it. Rob D says, hello, brother. I got Punisher 2004 and Warzone coming Thursday. Punisher 04 is actually going to be my first 4K. It was 4K Blu-ray standard Blu-ray combo. Very, very nice. Very, very cool. Yeah, I personally definitely would recommend the, uh, obviously you've already purchased it, but I mentioned this on a previous stream, right? You got the Punisher 2004 film, the 4K Steelbook. And it's just like, ugh, it's beautiful. They got the plastic slipcover on it as well, which just looks great. Just got two copies in. I pre-ordered two copies to do for giveaways in the future. So uh, for all of my giveaway-eligible people, the Army of Asgard level and above on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals, uh, be on the lookout. Uh, there's still an active giveaway going on. I still need to pick some more winners for that. Um, but yeah. I like, to t- I like to take care of my Army of Asgard. And again, those giveaways are handled through the Discord uh, exclusively. And uh, if you are a part of those levels, you would have received a message. So check your messages if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're a part of those levels. Uh, Keck44, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. All right. Let us see. Let's get to a comfortable spot before jumping over to the Odyssey fam. Did I tell you I watched Don't Look Up? Some parts were so cringe I had to fast forward, says Laura. Yeah. Uh, you didn't. I don't think you had mentioned it uh, before that you had watched it. But, man, oh, man, I, I just can't will myself to watch it. Because even though uh, Timmy Poole has said that it's so on the nose and it's so it, – it's so, clearly against 
you know, the, the, the modern liberal understanding of conservative Trumper types. And yet it also is so unknowingly self-referential. Like it actually is criticizing itself. Like the people in the film are actually criticizing their own base and, and their own political philosophy. Part of me wants to watch it just for that, just to see how much it crashes and burns. But as you kind of mentioned, I feel like there would be too many cringe moments that I just couldn't couldn't get through. Master of Gaming, the 2020 Ravens Awards, hilarious. My favorite part is the tie when Cuties won most critically acclaimed piece of garbage and Mulan was nominated for Best and Worst Remake. Yeah, there are a lot of awesome things. And if you want to see past uh, winners and if you want to vote in this year's, if you want to put nominations forward, nominations forward, uh, I recommend uh, filling those out. I'll, I'll pull up the uh, ballots when I can to show you all where to find it on the website. Uh, however, Sci-Fi and Taylor Joy looks like one of those Nordic uh, aliens people describe with the eyes a bit larger than normal, blonde hair, etc. Can't watch her movies because feels like she is watching me back. Well, I mean, again, she, there's no control over that. that. That's how she was born, you know? So... Um, I'm sad that 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 affects the way that you're able to watch uh, her movies or not watch her movies because she is she really is a very talented actress. She does a great job. So you're thinking more like Critics' Choice Awards, not People's Choice. So that's the thing is that again, Bruce, I want it to be very much, you know, I kind of want it to be a mixture of the two because it is People's Choice because it's all about the Asgardian community you know, putting together the nominations and ideally also voting as well. But I can't tell you how often the vast majority of the people who are voting or nominating haven't even seen the things that they're nominating or they're voting for. So I, I feel like that there there has to be a healthy mix somewhere. You know, maybe it's having uh, results from both and then having some type of mathematical system that weighs uh, the uh, the votes in a certain way to get a clear winner. I don't know. I, I feel like that there has to be a way that, that keeps the heart of it the same because I still very much believe in the heart. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh! I believe in the heart of the cards. I believe in the heart of the Raven Awards, but I, I also I also just, you know... I think that I think that there's a better way. Alejandro's opinion is better. Says stop the green. No, never stop the green. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, let's see here. We got Jason Ebenstein. What is going on? Let's see. Bruce says, how about just making every category mutable? Every category mutable choice. Again, that's one of the things I'm thinking about for this year is is having it be where you don't have to vote in, in all the categories. But I'm going to put a caveat at the very top of the uh, ballot once we actually have an official ballot and say, once you've submitted your your, your ballot um, I can't, and you make a mistake, I can't take it back. And, and that's going to be one of, of the problems. But again, Snort of Poopus says here, keep the green. The earth sign hegemony likes the green. Well, hey. Glad that you like it. Her sci-fi put in my nomination at the Raven Awards, but had to put some extra work into it. Also, can we add lifetime achievement in shilling an award we can stop nominating Grace Randolph? <laughs> That's the thing is, I like just the general shill of the year award because I love the multiple nominees. I love the fact that we're at the point now where we're likely going to have like four-time nominees, like three or four-time winners. Um, that's just what makes it a lot of fun. That's why, as I said, I, I don't want to overhaul it completely. 
um, to lose like the heart of what it is. But I do think that I do think that there could be some additions that can make it a lot better. Uh, Beverly Hoffman says, I thought Frost was, uh, with her awful tattoo, already appeared on Friday Night Tights. Ah, yes. But that was not her complete form. It's like, you know, you know, if you ever watch Dragon Ball Z, you know, and it's like Cell has the different forms. It's it's not the final form. It's not, it's not, <laughs> it was not her final form. Story was angry. Beaver Woman wouldn't have the guts to show up on Friday Night Tights, especially with Chrissy Mayer uh laying in wait for her oh yeah well i would just love to see that i don't know about y'all i would love i would love to see a debate between real frost and chrissy mayer frost i think that that would be pretty great new number two frost couldn't go on frnt she needs the other people to write lines for her that's a great point could she even go off the cuff she because that's the thing too is that i think that one of the one of the highlights would be Jeremy going after her, Jeremy and Ryan going after her for saying, um, for talking about the Xbox exclusive for the Harry Potter game and just going after her to say, all right, explain this and, uh, and actually like quiz her, you know, and, and expose her. And that's why I don't think she's going to do it. She's only going to go on someone that's going to feed her softball questions. She's only going to go on someone who will allow her writers to write questions that seem like they're not softball questions um, to try and save her image. But it, it's already too late for that. Master of Gaming, the only people I like on G4 is Jared from the comp, uh, Completionist and Olivia Munn. And here's the thing is I don't even really know that much about G4, right? I like the Friday Night Tights you know, the rest of the Friday Night Tights crew talk about that. I never watched or even had even heard of G4 until all this stuff started up. You know, this was, it was just never, it was never my bag. Laura says, with the green, you are glowing like Excalibur. Nice. Nice. Very, very nice. Well, Star Power, thank you for hanging out over on IC70B. Hey, what's going on, 70B? Welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Let us see. Uh, Grandmaster Yoda says, with woke requirements for Oscars, I wonder the low viewership will go this year. That's been brutal drops over the years. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do this year because I'm looking at the films that come out. The only thing I can think of, could this be the year that they nominate Spider-Man No Way Home, Like they, that they get a nomination for a superhero film in a best picture category? And not just that, but that they even give it? Like, could Spider-Man No Way Home actually walk away with it? I don't. I think that they still have so many uh, of the same type of voters they've had for years now that have always kind of like leaned more towards the art house type films. So I don't think it would happen this year, but man, oh man. Is, is that what they're going to have to actually do to try and get eyes on the screen? It's not going to work. The only thing I can think of that might get at least a few more eyes on the screen is if they announce, by the way, uh, three presenters, or, or rather Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire are going to all three present an award. You know, like That's the only thing. And, and again, I can only think of maybe a few people where that would actually be enough for them to turn it on, even just for a second, to be able to uh, to, to actually watch it. Uh, Mr. Roy, what's going on? All right, let me head over to my Odyssey fam. Sorry, Odyssey fam, I have had you waiting. And, well, no, nothing going on over in Odyssey. Just tube you coming in uh, with a little, <laughs> a little image, with a little uh, emoji. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. All right, let's see. Hardwick. Uh, but uh, Bat in the Sun, oh, man, you always have such long... All right, the 
the the battle, the uh, the fight, the ever going fight between me and Hardwick is continuing here. Man, your messages are always so overly bloated and long; it's hard to even read them sometimes. Sorry. It says Bat in the Sun, studio that made Batman Dying Easy and many other fan films, is crowdfunding another Batman film that will feature Mister Freeze and possibly other villains as well. Okay. Forever Sci-Fi, I love the 93 Mario Brothers. Casting Bob Hoskins as Mario was pure genius, and Hopper just did not care. It's one you just laugh with your friends and family. Seriously, that that that's my own mindset when it comes down to it. Seriously? It's like, it's such dumb fun. And by dumb fun, I mean it's just so dumb. It's just great. Uh, let's see. Alejandro. Do you watch fantasy TV shows like Game of Thrones and The Witcher? So I watched Game of Thrones, watched it all the way until the atrocious uh, season eight finale. And uh, yeah, and I've watched all of the current Witcher. And unlike a lot of other people, and again, we've, we've gotten into debates and fights on this before. And I understand that people have different perspectives on this. But from my own personal perspective, from my own subjective opinion, I, I, I've been liking The Witcher uh, series. It's, it's, it's fun entertainment for me, at least. Uh, Cantina Martin, what's going on? Welcome to the channel. Favorite sci-fi who is a member says, Idiocracy is a documentary. Yeah, seriously, that that's, that is what I have heard. That it is way before its time. Bifford Hobbit says, Idiocracy, Brando has what plants crave. See, again, maybe I'll get that reference when I finally actually get to watch it. Master of Gaming. Did you know the director of Redeeming Love directed a horror movie for The Daily Wire? Also, I saw a Daily Wire Geeks and Gamers video. It's really good. Do yeah, seriously. If you've not checked that out, go check it out. Geeks and Gamers on Daily Wire. Jeremy and Ryan featured on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. Freaking awesome. I think there's so much potential there. Um, and it's really, really exciting stuff. All right, Mark Lasseth says, It is the 60th anniversary this year of people putting pineapple on pizza. How dare you, Mark Lasseth? How dare you? We will not celebrate that. We will condemn it at all costs. My troll, Hardwick, says, Gary said the secret to good pineapple pizza is to balance the sweetness with jalapenos and buffalo sauce. And no, there is no balance. It's disgusting. Anton. Hail all, 100,000 sub, you put pineapple on pizza. Um, I'm, not, I'm not one that, that I will not put principles uh, for, for sale, but I'll say, yes, you know what? Because it's not going to happen. If I can get to 100,000 subs by the beginning of summer, which for me would be June 1st, that can happen. I will eat a pineapple pizza on air. I will still completely uh, disavow it, and I will still completely destroy it. But yeah, if that happens, and guess what? And that's the thing is, I know it's not going to happen. I do this for fun. And when you do this for fun, it's for fun. So again, if you have a comment or question, no matter what platform you're on, whether it be DLive, Odyssey, etc., you must put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. Otherwise, I don't know whether you're trying to get my attention or not. This is the only way. Of course, YouTube members, one of your perks is that you don't have to. 
Let us see. Laura says, oh, I'm definitely not recommending Euphoria. I don't know why I keep watching it, actually. It's like watching a reality TV show. Yeah, I mean, we all have shows like that, I feel, where we don't know why we're continuing to watch it. I'm still watching Doom Patrol. I have no reason to to keep watching it. I have no reason and, and don't know why I've continued to watch it, but I do. There's just something about, I guess, some of the characters. You know what? I, you know what? I take that back. The reason why I keep on watching Doom Patrol is because of Brendan Fraser. That's why. Brendan Fraser. That, that He is the reason why. He and his character are the reason why I keep coming back to it. Brightburn says, Mario 93 is disappointing from a story standpoint because Bob Hoskins was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook. Tell me Roger Rabbit and Hook are inferior to Mario 93 with a straight face. Here's the thing. I would never say that. Here Again, listen to what I say when I talk about Mario 93. All right? It's a terrible movie. I want to. I, I, I don't know if it was lost in translation. Mario is a terrible film. Mario ninety three with Bob Hoskins. It is a terrible movie. As a movie, it is a guilty pleasure for me. I find it hilarious. The other films you've just mentioned, Hook is a great film, an underrated film, has probably one of my favorite John Williams scores of all time, actually. It is fantastic. It is wonderful. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Ahead of its time. That thing still holds up so much better than some of the more modern animation, real-world connections. I mean, Space Jam 2, as garbage-tier as that movie is, cannot even hold a small, tiny tea light candle to the animation effects that were done in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a classic. It reminds me, I need to pick that bad boy up on, on 4K. It just got released. I think there may have been a 4K steelbook. I don't know if I missed out on that one or not, but man, what a great, great film. That one is. But yeah, don't don't you don't you dare. Don't you dare put words in my mouth about Mario 93. All right. It's terrible. But it is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Physics channel with Kenny Lee. What's going on? Reaper. What's going on, bruv? Uh, happy uh, Tuesday to you, buddy. Just bought the Best Buy Steelbook of Mortal Engines and was wondering what your thoughts were on the movie and how about that Kingsman Steelbook box set. Uh, so a couple things. First off, never saw Mortal Engines. The trailer looked terrible. Never got interested into it. It's just not my cup of tea. I know that some people, that, that might be the genre that they're into. The CG in the trailers, just I, I never got sold on it. I knew if I went to go actually see the film, I would just hate it the entire time because I'd be so distracted by the CG effects. So I never got it. But hey, kudos to you. I, I'm imagining the... You all know you know me with physical media. I imagine that the physical media, the, the Blu-ray, uh, the 4K set... Is probably pretty well uh, made, pretty well designed. As far as the Kingsman set, I have no desire to get the Kingsman set because, for one, the first Kingsman film is fine for the most part. I think it's pretty good up until the end where, for me, there's the one scene at the end which kind of just ruins everything. Um, and, there, again, there's imperfections throughout. Kingsman 2 just was not good. And then I have not seen the Kingsman, so... I have no reason to want to get that. So I don't know if, if you're talking about more from like what it looks like, if it's a really cool looking set, because again, cool looking sets uh, can sometimes pique my interest. But uh, I don't even know if that would be enough for this one, because the only film I even care about 
in the Kingsman franchise is is the first one, and it, it's it's still kind of a little, yeah. Ravdi says, honestly, I think I want studios to just absolutely flood the market in 2023. Great films, decent films, woke films that we can make fun of. It would make uh, for a huge Raven Awards. Well, yeah, I think that the next major Raven Awards that we will have probably won't be until 23 or 24 because of that very reason, right? So many films have been delayed, have been pushed back. I think that this coming year, right, I think that uh, next year's Raven Awards will, will definitely be closer to on track. Um, but what's going to be interesting to me is that every year the streaming game gets pushed that much more, which means the access to films, the access to, to TV shows becomes that much more accessible. And therefore also for my people that, that, that sail the high seas and stuff like that, I think that also is, uh, is also going to uh, impact the amount of films that people get to watch as well. So I think that, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how all of that stuff uh, uh, plant pans out. Physics Channel, Kenny Lee, making a joke. You're a little early for St. Patrick's Day. Well, it is the season after Epiphany, and the season after Epiphany in the traditional calendar, guess what the vestments the priest wears are? They're green. I am liturgically accurate. Liturgically accurate, I tell you. And actually, I could, I could actually probably make it red because uh, it's the feast of the conversion of St. Paul. So... I don't know if they would, I guess, are the vestments red today or not? Since it's his conversion and not his death. I think I think they would still be green for the season, if I'm not mistaken. Any of my trad cats in the chat maybe could let me know about that. I have a calendar that would tell me the vestment color, but it, it's not next to me. Just another red shirt. What's going on? It says, I have one disagreement with you on last night in Soho. It looked to me like two different stories shuffled together. One was a modern feminist take. Sandy was evil, not misunderstood. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's getting a little bit more so into some details that I know uh, Tina did not want uh, to go further into. So I will I will withhold on, on further commentary about that specific point. But what I will say is, as far as the stories intertwining, I think that that's the reason why I don't think it falls more so into a... I feel like it doesn't fall more so into a woke narrative. I feel like it very well easily could have, but I think because the movie is is so character-specific, character-driven and really doesn't spend a lot of time on on building much as far as narratives are concerned, you know, because at the end of the day, it's dealing with a time, this is not much of a spoiler here, but it's dealing with a time, you know, in the 60s, where this was something that happened, right? With with women being treated in a very specific way. That That's not, you know, woke. That That's just something that historically uh, happened. And I, I think that it is something that in the hands of someone else in modern Hollywood could have taken a very clearly agenda-driven direction. And instead, because it truly was a work of art, uh, visually, uh, acting-wise, directing-wise, all of it, I think because it had all of those other factors going for it, it was able to stay on point. It was able to stay on point, to stay the course, and to just provide a very fun unraveling mystery. I think that you know, out of all of the 
I think out of all of the names that have been given, right, it's been called horror, thriller, mystery, drama. I think mystery is probably the best word to describe it because it is a mystery that unfolds. And as and I know that that's why Tina doesn't want us to go into too many details because it's the unfolding of the mystery of the film that really makes it, uh, you know, quite enjoyable. Let us see. Study B says, how can we watch all of the things I work on the weekends? Dang. I, I don't know. You know, I can barely watch a, a lot of this stuff. But again, th- there's ways. Waiting for it to come out on physical media. Uh, waiting for it to come out on streaming services, of course. Uh, of course, there are some that would, you know, sail the high seas. Going to see it at a matinee for cheap. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, Anya is a very good actress, and she doesn't look freaky or anything in a bad way. It's just unnerving, but that might be from uh, having watched so much of the X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Again, I can understand that. But yeah, I think she does a great job. Uh, Harwick says, do you think there's a resemblance between Anya Taylor-Joy and Palm Klimentev, who plays Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy movies? Not re- unless you mean the character of Mantis in real life. I I don't think so. I believe they're different races. So, <laughs> uh, I, I would I don't know. Minnesota hockey fan. I did not care for the last version of Emma. I did like Anya Taylor Joy's performance. And see, I did like that film. I did like that film. I thought that was actually a pretty. Uh, a pretty good, solid remake. <laughs> All righty. Let's get to a pause point. All right. Rosie G12 says, Chrissy would tear her to shreds. I might almost feel sorry for her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it would be funny. Definitely would be funny. Gary says, sounds like Raven Awards have more winners than a homeless man has hot dinners for 2021. Dang. I don't even know what that's trying to say there. Uh, over on Odyssey, the R says, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Love that shout. Love it. No context needed there for who framed Roger Rabbit. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Oh, so many great stuff. Visit Womack playing Space Engineers before bedtime. Sorry. It's okay. It's fine. If you are watching on Odyssey, though, please light up that fire button. does mean a lot. All right, let's see. Laura says here, OMG, Ryan would make her cry. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's that would basically be a done deal at this point. Uh, Smurf Poop is, I misspelled Chrissy Mayer's name. Mea culpa, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa. It happens. It happens. We all misspell things from time to time. And that's okay. As long as we're willing to, to admit our mistakes and move on in our lives. Dark Shadow Logan, what's going on, bro? Welcome back to the chat, good sir. All right, I'm making some good time here so that I can pull up what I've been wanting to pull up from, from a while now. Any thoughts on Roland Emmerich's new sci-fi thriller, Moonfall, coming out in February? Yeah, I saw a lot of people in the comment section of my box office preview saying, why did you talk about Moonfall? Why did you talk about Moonfall? It's like, well, there really wasn't uh, a whole lot to, to talk about. In fact, I, I don't even think there were any uh, numbers in that article. Let me try and see if I can uh, pull that up real quick. 
Yeah, because people were like, hey, why why aren't you talking about this? Let's see if, if I just skipped over it or if there was... So, no, I did skip over it, yeah. So, the film comes out beginning of February. And, yeah, so I skipped over it for a reason. It, it's, it's, again, nothing against the film. I, I, I can't even remember a trailer for the film, to be perfectly honest. It's only expected to make between 8 and $15 million on its opening day. It's going to lose pretty easily to Jackass Forever making 20 to 50 million domestically by the end of its uh, run is the current project uh, current projection and uh, let me see if we can get ourselves a budget the budget is 140 million dollars also it stars Halle Berry who for those that don't know me I can't stand the only film in my opinion where she's bearable is John Wick chapter 3 that's the only film. I like Patrick Wilson. He's in the movie. John Bradley uh, West, who was in Game of Thrones, is in the film. Okay. You also have Michael Pena in it. Charlie Plummer. Kelly Yu, Chinese-Canadian actress. Donald Sutherland in it as well. Obviously, you have Roland Emmerich, who I think is definitely a hit-and-miss type person. Uh, uh I've never heard of this cinematographer before. Robbie Baumgartner? Let's see what his filmography says. It wasn't listed on IMDb. All right. He did the cinematography for... Why wasn't this listed? All right. He's got... Okay. He's got some chops here, it looks like. So, he did The Guest from 2014... Yes, okay, the one that I that I thought it was with Dan Stevens, The Guest. Talk about a, a pretty cool film. So he did The Guest with Dan Stevens. He did Midway, which I was not a big fan of because it way it used way too much CGI. So he's he's got some chops, all right? He's got some stuff underneath his belt. That's for sure. He's worked on some stuff. So, yeah, there's really not a whole lot for me to be excited about, really. It's being distributed by uh, Lionsgate, and it's going to be released in theaters. So, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I didn't talk about it, because it, it based on those numbers, uh, unless it does well in the overseas markets, it's going to be a financial failure, you know? So, I don't know. I don't really know much about it, to be perfectly honest. All right, let me see if I can get my screen shared up in here. Let me make sure that everything is set up. All right, so as many of you know, end of February, sorry, end of January, make clear there, end of January, the Wednesday Raven Awards will be going on. We'll have our announcing our winners. And so right now, if you go to my website, ombreviews.com, and you go over here where it says Raven Awards. You can look at past winners and nominations, right, for 2018, 2019, 2020. And then you get to the 2021. This is the current year. So right now, voting is live for you to submit your nominations. You can either click on this link right here. It'll bring you to an external voting link, right? It'll bring you to external voting link. It will work in there. Uh, but anyway, external voting link where you'll be able to vote for your favorites and least favorites of the year. If for any reason you don't know what films came out this year, because this year was another one of these weird black holes, 
that exist. By the way, I'll fix that link if it is actually broken. Uh, I give you a little link to a Wikipedia article where it tells you every single film that came out this year. Every single film. And so what I'd recommend you do is you just go through here and you say, okay, I saw this, I saw this, I saw this. And then once you have done that, you can say, okay, this was good, this was bad, etc. And then you can come back and you can fill out your nominations, right? It's pretty simple. I think it's a it's a it's a pretty straightforward concept, right? So, what are some of the categories that we got? Of course, you got best movie of 2021. So, what was your favorite film? What do you thought was the best film of 2021? You've also got the Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Crap World Building. And this is, again, specifically for films released in 2021. I always got to stress this because sometimes people just don't quite get that part. So, again, films released in 2021. This is the prestigious award for movies that truly sucked in every single way. So, basically, this is our version of the worst film of the year. The worst film of 2021. So, make your nominations count. We have the Lifetime Achievement Award, people who are overlooked in film history. And I mentioned some previous winners here, Stan Lee, Keanu Reeves, Kurt Russell. So, again, do not nominate those people because they've already won. This is one where uh, multiple <laughs> winning this category multiple times does not make any sense. So think about someone who you think in film is overlooked, right? who deserves some attention. You have also Best Original Story in Film, Best Low Budget Film. Again, movies made for under $30 million. Uh, Again, typically, you can find on the Wikipedia pages. You can find on thenumbers.com as well what the budgets were, uh, are for certain films. So if there's a few films that you like and you're like, I wonder what that budget was. Okay. It was made for under $30 million and you liked it. Boom. You can nominate that. You then have some categories here like best or rather most unnecessary film remake. This says here, all remakes are essentially unnecessary, but this is for the one that has truly crossed the line. So this is one where it's an offensive movie. The fact that they remade it, the fact that they actually touched the original property, the original IP, is offensive. That's how bad it is. So what is the most unnecessary remake? So it has to be a remake or a reboot, right? By remake, we mean it in the all-inclusive term, right? Remake, reboot, etc. So again... They're all essentially worthless and unnecessary, but which one was really bad? There's also remakes, though, that are actually pretty good. Like, for instance, Emma from the other uh, from last year, right? That was a pretty good movie. So, again, all remakes are pointless, but sometimes they're well-made. So what are some of the best? What is the best pointless remake from this year? Most underrated film. What's a film that you really liked that's not getting a lot of attention, right? So try to really go for films that that really don't get talked about a lot. Most overrated films. As it says, rated highly by critics or even general audiences, but didn't deserve it, right? Films that got praised, but really just did not deserve it. You then have the most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film. Not only is the film overrated, it's terrible, right? Because there's films that are overrated and they're okay, right? There's films that are like, oh, yeah, you know what? It was fine. I would watch it on a random day on the background. But man, oh, man, they gave it way too much credit. So, again, what is the most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film? Okay, not only is it bad, but it's terrible. You then also have one of my favorite categories, Shill of the Year. 
The definition here is a person engaged in covert advertising. The shill attempts to spread buzz by personally endorsing the product in public forums with pretense of sincerity when, in fact, they are being paid for their services. Uh, we can, of course, talk about people who have been in the discussions and winners in the past, people like John Campia, of course. This can be people. This can also be websites. This can be news agencies, stuff like that. Uh, so, again, there are some categories where there is a little bit of leeway. Most of them, though, I'm looking for either film names or uh, the names of the people who are writers. So, for instance, when I ask for the best uh, you know, writing or the best story, uh, you know, I, I do want to have... I'll show you the category where I want to have the actual names of writers. Most pointless character in a film. All right. Notice singular here. Singular. Pointless character. Is there a character that came out in a movie in 2021 that was truly pointless in every other way? L337 was one that uh, got a lot of attention one year. All right. The next one is most iconic film, meaning it's going to be remembered for years to come. All right. So this is not just a film that you like. This is not just a film that you might believe, or rather, more more succinctly, a film that you will remember for years to come. All right. This is a movie that you think is going to be like the next Godfather. Now, again, Godfather, that, that's a bit extreme, but that kind of level, right? A film that you think is going to be remembered for many, many years. For me, I, I think... Spider-Man No Way Home would fit that because of the reaction, because of what it was able to do, breaking the pandemic narratives, right? That would just be kind of an example for this. But again, what do you view as the most iconic film, a film that's going to be remembered for years to come that came out this year? Also, we got worst writing story for a film, right? So not just the film itself, but also the writers, right? Also the writers of the film. We want to make sure that we don't just call out the bad movies. We also want to call out the writers. We also want to call out the bad writers of these films. You then have the breakthrough performance by an actor or actress for 2021. This can be either a new or established actor, so they don't have to be a brand new actor to the scheme. Instead, it's about the performance being commended here. So is there an actor that had a film where all of a sudden it was like, oh man, they've arrived on the scene. They've arrived on the scene. I don't know. I think uh, someone like uh, Thomas and McKenzie would uh, would be a good shout there. Also, you got a fun uh, fun uh, category here as well. Best fight scene action sequence. So again, either a fight scene or an action sequence. And notice what it's asking for. Please list the movie and explain the scene specifically in as much detail as possible. So let's say there is a movie where there is a fight scene and there's one fight scene and it's awesome and it takes place in a hallway. You could say the hallway fight scene in X movie. All right. So please make sure you're specific with that one because one thing I would love to be able to do for this category, I think I was able to do it a little bit last year, but I would love to be able to show uh, parts of fight scenes uh, in 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 these categories. And these are also some of the categories that typically don't get a lot of attention. So, uh, best director of a film. All right, who do you think it was the best director? Uh, ah, here's another great one. Most SJW screenwriter. This is, again, write the writer of the film. And if there's multiple writers, of course, 
You can choose which one you think is the worst, but writer of film and the film itself. All right, I need to know the writer and the actual film. Notice again, please list the name of both film and writer. And then it gives you some definitions, right? SJW, a person who pretends to be fighting for social justice, but in reality is consumed by or desire for moral superiority, validation from their peers, hatred of anyone with dissenting views, a need to destroy, disrupt anything that wasn't built for or by people that share their gender, race, sexuality, etc. And yes, there's a couple of typos in there, but don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, so again, these are the ones that you can have a lot of fun with. Really think about it. What had really bad writing? Best cinematography. Best visual effects for a film. NPC of the year. Another strong category. Right? Someone using no critical thought or reasoning skills. Another uh, John Campia category. Simply regurgitating a set of arguments and non sequiturs bequeathed to them by someone else. Best animated film. Uh, it'll be a tough year, I think, in this category because there really haven't been a whole lot of, of animated films. Uh, best stunt work for a film. So which which films really had good stunt teams that did uh, their due diligence? There is, uh, I would definitely say, uh, there's a, probably a couple of zombie films that one could look to from last year. Because some of the stunt work that some of these pe- people do in these films are phenomenal. And then another one of my favorites. Best one-liner or quote from a movie. So make sure you list the line as closely as you can. Right? As closely as you can. And uh, and the movie that it came from. And again, notice. These are movies. And these are from 2021. And again, if you're having issues remembering things, I give you a link right here to the Wikipedia article for films released in the United States in order of release date. And you can go through these to films like Boss Level, which was a really, really great film. Films like Justice League, which is probably going to be in one of my uh, overrated categories. Films like Nobody, which is definitely one of the best films of the year. Uh, what else do we got here? Thunder Force, probably one of the worst films of the year. A film so bad, I forgot it even existed that I forgot it even uh, came out. Mortal Kombat, another uh, disappointing film. This would be probably in one of the uh, worst uh, remakes category for me. By the way, some chats will be skipped as uh, we've fallen behind a little bit. Uh, Army of the Dead. Oh, man, this this piece of garbage right here. So you can see, there were a ton of films that came out, and it's okay if you didn't see them all. But the important thing is to uh, look into it. Do, do some work. Because, again, when, when I see only 50 people have, have put, uh, put nominations in, it makes my job that much harder. It makes my job that much harder. Because remember, I got to figure out which movies, which persons have gotten enough nominees? Last year, it was so bad. We had like sometimes only three people nominated in a given category. And then there were times where I, I had to actually like choose ones. And I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the person that by fiat chooses one to get into a category. So Bruce says this, uh, this should be fun, not work. This is fun. You're answering questions about movies, man. 
doing a little bit of re- And again, that's the kind of mindset and reason as to why I'm thinking of changing things. That's why I'm thinking of changing things. Just saying. Just saying. And we can disagree on that, but it is one of the main reasons why I am pushing to change certain things. <laughs> if you don't watch a lot of films, that's fine too. If you like hanging, that's all good. You don't have to. You don't have to put any, any. Uh, you don't have to fill out anything. Hardwick says, I've heard that church scene in the first Kingsman movie is viciously anti-Christian. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would say anti-Christian. It's definitely very bloody. That's for sure. Um, I don't know necessarily about anti-Christian or not. As I said, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Uh, right, Byrne, I understand. I was just messing around on Father. I feel the same way you do with Mario 93, Batman Forever. Oh, yes, Batman Forever. Good shout. This is, by the way, somebody told me Peacemaker is the best thing DC has done with television. I said, that's an insult towards Batman the Animated Series. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that. For sure. Yeah, Peacemaker, definitely not. Definitely not anywhere close to that category. Joey Horn says, my missile shows white for the conversion of St. Paul. Interesting. Interesting. Very cool. Star Power has joined over on YouTube. Thank you very much for, for being here. Let's see what's going on over on Odyssey. Uh, let us see. The R says, for a dollar hyper chat donation, Snyder Cut with the sweep. Sans bad categories. Nah, 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 nah. Nope. I'm going to make a prediction right now that Snyder Cut will definitely not be sweeping any of the positive categories. Just just can't happen. Plus based on the er, based on the early uh, results does not seem to be leading this way. By the way, uh, notoriously every year there are people that try to rig the system. Keep in mind if there are multiple nominations of the same thing spelled the same exact way several categories in a row only one of them's gonna count because that's very clearly someone trying to rig the system or someone who uh had some issues and had some errors what i would recommend doing again turn it into a game i'd recommend printing out the ballots printing it out working on it you know having fun with it that's just, again, that's just something I personally have fun with. I love that. I love that stuff. So I don't know why people are looking at it as 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 work and not fun. It makes me sad that people are looking at it in that way. Harwick says, I meant Palm Klamenhoff as she looks in real life. Uh, again, don't, don't know and don't really care, to be perfectly honest. Rosie G12, anyone here watching Blade Runner on Cartoon Network and do you like it? Don't want to commit with our Blade Runner. There's a cartoon. There's a new Blade Runner cartoon. Interesting. That is quite interesting. Uh, let us see. Bruce says here, Moonfall, only the woke survive. But seriously, the trailer, it seemed like all flash and no bang. You know me, the world being destroyed. Good way to put butts in seats. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I feel like the, the trope has is 
for me, the trope is kind of uh, how many how many films, how many destruction, disaster, end of the world films can we really have in such a short period of time? You know, Laura likes the type likes the uh, disaster films, and I, I definitely there are some that I can find some enjoyment with, but yeah, they're not usually my cup of tea. I don't find my way to go out to find them. Brightburn, curious if you gave. If you agree with John Campia's opinions on the Tom Clancy, Jack Ryan film, Patriot Games, and Clear, Present Danger, because he loved both films, probably not, right? Um, I never saw Patriot Games or Clear, Present Danger. Uh, I've heard good things about it. Those are the ones with Harrison Ford, I believe. So, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure if I'm being perfectly honest. Let's see. Sorry, I was getting some random notification so i'm just making sure everything is hokey day new minds chat who's chatting with me on minds is it someone new or is it something else altogether all right let's get back let's get back to it let's see if ever sci-fi Says here, man, inflation is bad. The best low-budget film category was only up to $20 million in 2020. Yeah, I know, seriously. Well, also, I wanted to be able to kind of expand it out a bit because I know some people were having issues finding films because, again, a lot of times people don't typically uh, watch lower-budget films. And so I try to expand that one out a little bit more this year so that uh, people would uh, so that people would actually uh, have more options available to them i do check those by the way so if the film does not fit that category uh then it, it cannot be cannot be included all right this is still loading up for some reason so i'm just going to assume that there's some issue going on there let's see robbie says odin you mean we're only allowed to pick one eternal for most pointless character exactly you're only allowed to pick one and if you pick more than one, then you're only going to be allowed the first. Only the first will be red. Only the first will be red. Um. Anyway, let's head back to the chat. Well, actually, is anything happening over on Odyssey? I love cabbage says best smartphone capture of movie. <laughs> I don't know how many uh main budget films have actually been shot on a film. Like the only one I'm aware of is Unsane, which I personally liked. I know that not everyone liked that film, but I, I actually liked it and I, I appreciated what they were able to do with just an iPhone. But how many of them have actually had that, you know? <laughs> You're darn right doesn't take three hours to fill a form that's why if you get if you if you actually are a movie fan if you're actually a movie buff it's uh it shouldn't be nearly as 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 long and again that's why i i started this back in december gave people plenty of time um however i i, I did hear the oscars uh got delayed if i'm not mistaken let's see oscar nomination announcements let's let's do it live let us see 
Yeah, so the Oscar nominations will be announced uh, February 8th. Yeah, so February 8th is when the nominations will be announced. So I like to announce mine in uh, contrast and in uh, fighting against them. Again, very much still focused on this being a a boycott of the Oscars. So uh, can't really extend it out much longer. So yeah, end of January, that, that is the cutoff. That is the cutoff. So make sure... You get your nominations in. That just goes to show that you need to watch some more, man. You need to watch some more. Uh, let's see. Hardwick. Let's see. Did you watch Army of Thieves? Army of the Dead prequel about German safecracker. I didn't. I actually do have a genuine interest in it, though, because that was one of the few characters I actually cared about from the Army of the Dead film, and I, I've heard it's actually very different. Uh, Bruce, are you saying that you were throwing shade? Because I think I saw some of that shade being thrown. I don't appreciate when uh, shade is being thrown, especially by my Valks. Just on the red shirt. I'm quite certain the most nominations will be from movies I had no interest in seeing as usual. Uh, let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says here, I did not take the church scene as anti-Christian as much as it was anti that group. That would even protest soldiers' funerals. Yeah, I feel like it was more of an attack on the Westboro Baptist Church nonsense versus actual, you know, entire Christianity, essentially. All righty, then. Let's see. So, we got about 15 minutes. I might even end the show a little early tonight. All right, so someone ought to faithfully adapt Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Blade Runner was very loose adaptation of it at best. Yeah, I hadn't even heard of of the original there. Survival Suitors, what is going on? Uh, I strongly disagree, bro. Strongly disagree. Please explain to me how it was woke. Please explain to me how it was woke. Because I can guarantee any argument you make to say that it's woke by the definition of of woke that is is most uh accepted you would be hard pressed to find almost any film that isn't woke and i know that most people would say yeah well the a huge majority of films that come out in for modern hollywood are woke but what i mean by that is that to find and to say or rather to say the film is woke it's one thing to say that there's a couple of woke references or there's a couple of things that could be taken as woke. That's that's one thing. But just to write it off as woke, it's like, okay, I can go into any film that even you liked from recent years and be able to make a similar argument. Right? We, we have to be very, I think, more fair in our, our standards here. Bruce says, earlier when I said multiple choice, I meant give three or four choices for each category to pick from. It would get you more presence, I think. Well, again, here's here's the thing, all right? These are just nominations. So you you nominate. I then take those nominations and then create the ballot. And then once you have the ballot, then it's all you. Then Then you have options. But I can't get options unless people actually nominate. So, uh, again, that's that's what I'm struggling with. Because the, the winners wasn't that hard. Uh, you know, having the actual winners w- was actually not too bad. It is the process of getting nominees that was the issue. And it's like, come on, there's got to be some people that have seen movies this year. 
Let's see. It's a short story. Laura says, I like old school disaster movies like the Towering Inferno, cruise ship that flipped over movie. <laughs> yes, of course. What about Volcano? It's a classic one. I actually like Volcano. I don't know why. I just do. Uh, story typo again. I would have said get you more precipitation, I think. Precipitation? What? I think you meant participation. <laughs> I think in your correction, you just made me even more confused. <laughs> Commenting is dangerous. What's going on, bruv? Welcome, good sir. <laughs> oh, man. And then Bruce does it again. Says, just tiring to help in the live chat. I know you said trying to help. I appreciate it, dude. I, I really do appreciate it. No, and as I said, you know, I really do. Again, I, I do want to change it for the better. I do want to make changes that help. For one, to help people that don't see a lot of films, because I want I want people who don't see a lot of films but are passionate about the films that they love uh, to to still be able to have a voice, to be, still be able to have you know the ability to participate. But then I also want to have you know I don't want to say you know again I don't want to have it come across as elitist, but to have some type of quote unquote legitimacy. By that I mean like having people like Critical Drinker, having people like uh, Josiah Rises, having people like Mahler. Uh, you know, people who are, you know, reviewing films um, and reviewing a lot of the films that come out in a given year, the good and the bad, you know, tr trying to get John Flickinger in on it, too, just so that way it's it's one where, again, there's some combination of what what fans, right, what movie fans have to say about it, but then also what people who actually go out of their way to to watch the films have to say as well, you know? Because a lot of the people that I've just mentioned aren't snooty, oh, I'm a film critic, you know? It's it's people who are just real, you know? And so I think that any general consensus or any uh, choices made by that group is, is so much more likely to actually be uh, more authentic in representing the, the best and the worst. CC Thorne, thank you for the five dollars super chat, says, hey, old brother. Will we see the return of blockbusters this summer, or will the virus and world politics lead to another lackluster year? Again, uh, virus is is just such an old excuse at this point. A lot of people are waking up to it, and there's already been one great example and one great uh, narrative breaker, and that, of course, is Spider-Man No Way Home. We already have a blockbuster. Spider-Man No Way Home blockbuster. It's it's up to around $1.7 billion dollars. It's going to end somewhere between $1.75, $1.85 billion probably by the end of its run. All without China, by the way. So it, it's, again, it, it's shown that people are willing to actually go out, see a film, see it multiple times. If they're going to give fans, if they're going to give the people something that they believe is worth seeing which has not been the case in more recent years. And no better example of that is it than, than the conversation that we've just been having about the Raven Awards. People saying, I don't even know what to nominate. I don't, I don't even know what, what to say as far as the best is concerned. And then for the worst, it's like a lot of people have avoided those worst, you know? So they haven't seen it, so how can they really nominate it if they haven't actually seen it? And again, that's the reason why I give the list of films that came out. That way people can say, okay, maybe I have seen more than what I had originally thought. I do appreciate it, Bruce. Let's see. Anton 
says here, Zhao, for most pointless director, Eternals looked generic, had nothing going for it. If anyone wants to watch a movie uh, to have ancient gods watching mortals with babyface Henry Cavill. Well, I think also she would probably be a a good choice for pointless director. Uh you know, if that again, if that was a category, simply because I don't really know exactly how much power she had. I know there was a lot of rumors that she had some power and sway, but I think the real question is how much power and sway did she really have? Rob D, have you ever thought about creating a special intro for the Raven Awards? Um, you know, I wish I had the power and the capacity to actually create uh, visual openings. I would love to redo my my opening stinger because it still has the old channel name. But I just don't have the capacity. So I, at some point, I need to I need to get back on Fiverr and have someone design me another opening. I would love for someone with the ability to do some type of like legit uh, Raven Awards opening, like official Raven Awards opening. I think that'd be really really cool. I am trying every year to increase the production value of the Raven Awards. Uh, last year, I was able to actually have video clips. So I was able to to do a little bit more. And so I hope that I can do the same uh, this year as well. Andrew Hoy, what's going on, bruv? Welcome back, good sir. New number two says, Dante's Peak was good, bad, disaster film. For sci-fi, adds on to that saying, Dante's Peak with Pierce Brosnan's cheering for the volcano against all of the stupid people, including the kids who went volcano rescue grandma. Oh, no. That's not good. Bad hands, wrist, and dyslexia helps, says Bruce. No problem at all, man. You you all know. You all know. We, we had a little tension earlier, but Bruce, you're much loved. You are much loved. Much, much loved. Commenting is dangerous, says, you were a part of leading me to RCI classes. Thank you for always standing firm. Commenting is dangerous. That really means a lot, man. Well, I'm, I'm very happy to hear uh, that, you're, that you've gone to RCI classes, man. Keep me posted. Uh, there's various ways uh, to contact me, you know, email the socials and everything. Let me know how it's going. And uh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Uh, let me know if you're going to be entering into the church this this Easter or if you've already done that. Uh, and again, that, that means a lot to know that uh, that there's that there's there is an impact being made. Welcome, good sir. Whew. Didn't expect that. CC Thorne. Well said, man. I miss the theater. Spider-Man was my first one in almost three years, and for a lot of people, it was. And I think that there are other films that could probably bring about a, a similar result as well. Andrew Hoyle, as a member, says, Chloe Zhao has the power to flap her ears like, oh, Andrew Hoyle. Now, now, then. Now, now. Commenting is dangerous. I love Pierce Brosnan in The Tailor of Panama. I actually haven't heard of The Tailor of Panama. That's new to me. All right, and then over on Odyssey, let us see what's going on. Daniel T says, thoughts about Disney's Snow White live action remake replacing dwarves with magical creatures. Yeah, I thought I heard some rumors about that. Here's the thing. Disney Snow White's already a problem because the character and the actor that they've cast as Snow White isn't Snow White. It is literally the antithesis. So actually, this is completely in line with what they've already established. He then goes on, the R then adds on, Dinklage will be happy about that. Apparently, I love Cabbage says, I don't hear people talk about movies much last year. Movies not exciting anymore. Yeah, well, again, I think that it's, there were a lot of films that were just carryovers from previous uh, years that came out. There were a lot of films that were, that were 
again, not not that all that exciting, but there were good films still. Again, I still will stand by. You know, nobody. I thought was was a phenomenal movie. A Quiet Place Part Two. I thought was a solid sequel, a solid follow up to the original. I think that there are uh, a lot of other films too that again I'm you know blanking out on on a lot of things uh, because my brain is is starting to go. But there's also a lot of bad too. You got you know again there's so much for the bad category this year. I mean Space Jam Two. Gunpowder Milkshake. Uh, oh, let's see. There was another one that was that was uh, that popped up in this list. Uh, Black Widow. I mean, the MCU is kind of a, a hodgepodge. Snake Eyes. Uh, I would say the movie Old. Very, very disappointing film. Could have been so good. Uh, a surprise film. Uh, Val. The uh, documentary. There's a lot of good stuff. So again, I would look. I would look through that list, and if there's films that you wanted to see, I'd say try and see it. Try, try and give them a shot. All right, we'll go ahead and wrap things up after these last couple of comments. Snow, uh, snow Latinx, pretty much, which means that it's definitely not Snow White. That's for sure. Commenting is dangerous. It said Taylor of Panama won an Oscar. Jeffrey Rush won for two. Interesting. Yeah, I had never heard of it though. That that's from before the time where I started to really uh, follow that uh, the Oscars and and the winners and such. There was a there was a period of time where like there was a series of years where I I knew a lot of that information. Speaking of live action, says Rob D. Disney movies was the live action Little Mermaid canceled. It was announced in 2017, 2018, and we haven't heard anything since. I believe it's still in production. Obviously, COVID's had a major impact on a lot of these production companies. So it, it just would not surprise me if uh, the film is still being made, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yes. New number two for sure. West Side Story has to win for best pointless remake. I think that, I think that, you know what? For for anyone who has not even seen the remake, I think that people can rightfully and legitimately vote for West Side Story 2021 as a pointless remake and as the most pointless remake. Because you don't have to see the film to know that the film had no business being remade. <laughs> not to mention the changes that were made. All right, anyway, that is all of the comments or questions. So thank you all very much for joining me this evening on the Welcome to Asgard podcast. As I had mentioned earlier, please make sure that you get your nominations in for this year's Wednesday Raven Awards. Again, go to ombreviews.com. Head over to the Raven Awards tab. You can see it previous years, previous winners, previous nominations. Click on the one for 2021. It'll load up for you this page here where you can fill out your own ballot for the best and the worst of the year. If you have an issue remembering the films of the year, there's a little link where it allows you to open up the movies that came out in 2021 in America. And, of course, you can specify your other countries there as well. You can also access my social media pages here. You can access my film reviews. I need to update my film reviews just a little bit. 
but you get tons of other access to my box office tracking, which is probably uh, the thing that I am most uh, proud of and the thing that I, 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 I do the most with overall. Also, of course, if you want to help donate to the channel, uh, there's also a way to do that here. One-time donation, PayPal, uh, Streamlabs, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. So again, any type of stuff like that. Uh, if you want to donate, uh, feel free to do so. No obligations, of course, but it does uh, it does help continue to allow me to put more and more into the channel, upgrade things over time, and uh, hopefully increase production value. And most especially, of course, be able to continue to buy all of these extra Blu-rays and 4Ks that I get to do with giveaways, which I always love to do. I do a ton of giveaways for my Army of Asgard level people and above. And then, of course, I always do the random giveaway on the main channel. So make sure you keep on counting your cookies. Andrew Hoyle says, I can count how many movies for 2021 I enjoyed on three fingers. Dang, son. Dang. Well, anyway, I do want to give a shout out to Stephanie B and Tina B. They're amazing Valkyries. They have been very busy recently, so I do thank them both for coming back uh, tonight, especially Tina B, who's been, uh, again, a big uh, a big and real trooper through all of this. So seriously, uh, thank you all, all very, very much for, for the love and support, and also to all of the members of the Asgardian community. Uh, next stream, of course, for me will be... Friday Night Tights, and uh, it's looking like we'll be having our Chosen of Valhalla stream on uh, Saturday. Probably looking to have a little bit of an earlier start to give a little bit more of a window uh, so that I can have a little break uh, between that and the evening show. Uh, Chosen, y'all stay tuned. Again, I still am waiting on. Usually I want to get to about the Wednesday of the week because that's normally when I have an idea of uh, Freya's schedule, my wife's schedule, and and what the weekend's going to look like for her. So once I get that, I'll get that uh, date and time set for my Chosen of Valhalla. But again, it'll be either this Saturday or Saturday. Sunday and uh, leaning towards Saturday at this point in time, which I know doesn't work for everybody. But again, uh, I know that that typically works better for for the wife and happy wife is a happy life. Anyway, thank you all so very much for being here this evening. You are all amazing, beautiful people. Make sure you smash the like button, light the fire button as well, and uh, keep on being amazing. And as always, God bless and before, because uh, I was going to forget, uh, also to give a shout out to the newest Patreon members, Jonathan and Jaimeer Ari Hymason, which I will definitely be adding once the February uh, list gets put out there. So anyway, thank you all very much and God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my January Patreon subscribe star and Locals members. Starting first off with Locals, shout out to Kara Tharp, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Bifford the Hobbit, and Robert Barnes. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Locals platform. Also a shout out to my subscribe star people, UAB Mad Dog, Mike Jackson once again, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan 4, John B., Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on the Subscribe Star uh, platform. And lastly, to my Patreon supporters, my uh, 30 Patreon supporters over there, Animation Commentator Brandon, let's go Brandon, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold, uh, Hannibal Grimm, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, 
Uh, Gomer Kyle, 79. Lance. Laura, the modern major general story. Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway. Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody. On to June, Orange Hat Reviews. Out of Step with Reality. Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen. Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, and Tina Bojan, and of course, Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you all so very much for your love and for your support. And if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and at the end of every video, please make sure that you support me over on a Patreon, Subscribe Star, or on Locals. Also, you get a ton of other goodies if you support at the Army of Asgard level and above. Starting at the Army of Asgard level, you get access to various giveaways that I do during the month, including various 4K titles. Uh, many of them 4K Steelbook titles, and so if you want access to that, check out the Army of Asgard level on those platforms specifically. You also get access, once you are a Keeper of the Bifrost level member, to that, plus a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger, where you actually get to ask us questions, and also, of course, get access to that, and the library of previous podcast episodes. We're up to about 33 episodes now that we have uh, been able to do. I think most of those episodes now at this point, we've actually done it together, which has been a lot of fun. And of course, you can join at the Chosen of Valhalla live stream, Chosen of Valhalla, Chosen of Valhalla live stream level, where you get access to not only all of those things, but also you get access to be featured on the channel once a month during the Chosen of Valhalla live stream with the other Chosen members, which is always a lot of fun. Also, during your first month, you get a free t-shirt sent anywhere in the world. You just let me know your size let me know the t-shirt that you want from the store over on teespring or on t public whichever you prefer and i will gladly send that out to you if you're at that level anyway you guys are all amazing and beautiful people hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day and as always god bless